Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. It's time for another episode of Spawn Daily. Today, we're going to be talking about issue 27, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm going to have the teeniest, teeniest, tiniest of, of nitpicks. And it's not even really a nitpick, just more of an observation. But I really enjoyed it. And I find it interesting because we talked last time, issue 26, about how the previous issues to that, the Hunt four-part storyline really kind of laser focused on Terry Fitzgerald and Al Simmons pass and FBI and CIA and cops and mob and all, all the earthly enemies going after spawn and Terry Fitzgerald. And then with 26, it felt like, Oh, Hey, don't forget. This is a supernatural book, heaven versus hell, eternal war, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this is kind of thrown in there and it, I don't know. It, it had some elements of maybe a little bit of heaven. We don't didn't really learn that much about sort of the the villain of the week, or to borrow a term from Smallville, if you guys remember that show back <laughs> in the day, it was fr Freak of the Week, and that's yeah. that's my little nitpick. Sometimes Todd throws these villains in here, we don't really get a name, and maybe he had a name and I missed it. Um, but like the one in in the Mark Silvestri drawn issue twenty five, where we didn't even get a, get a name of the guy that he felt like a Freak of the Week. Yeah. So that's that's my only kind of thing and, and again we you know we have 275 plus issues to go and if these people do show back up i'm sure maybe i mean maybe todd's just gauging the popularity right let me see how people react if they seem to like this freak of the week i'll bring them back then i'll think up a name <laughs> I, I don't know but overall i really enjoyed the issue and i thought the art was was really fantastic again art credited to mcfarlane and Campulo, but n no nothing nothing broken down it's hard to i I sort of feel like maybe in these issues where they're both credited as artists that Todd's doing like thumbnails or just real rough layouts and Pulo's finishing it. It's, it's, it's really hard to tell, but story is by uh, McFarlane letters continue to be by Tom Orzakowski colors by Steve Olaf. So yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this issue. what do you think Rocky? Oh, well, I agree with you that it's uh, it's interesting that we're getting sort of, sort of another almost, feels like a throwaway character again and right. this time in this yep. character of, of curse and he he did get a name you're right yes he, he got a name yeah curse and uh which is good it's because it sure makes it easier as you said when we review to be to be able to say a name of a character because it's not easier but yeah he and he's we we know he's 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 a character that's that that is looking into entrance into heaven and he figures that maybe if he kills a spawn or if he kills a demon uh, he he's all about f the power of faith and truth, and he w really wants to please his God. And he certainly considers himself an agent of heaven, but and he's kind of a fanatical about it. And he seems to have his own following of street people, just like Spawn does as well, which is interesting. So again, interesting elements here. At least we get a name this time. Not uh, the central narrative itself, in terms of moving the narrative forward, in terms of what Wanda is doing and Terry Fitzgerald investigating why the FBI, CIA, and mob are after him. That sort of sort of drags on a little bit. You know, a lot of the repetitive exposition again. So kind of the same tropes of uh, McFarlane that that he's had in previous issues. But this curse, I I, I like elements of this curse story, and and certainly we'll get into it uh, once you start talking about it. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I'm glad you pointed that out because I think a lot of the flaws are still there. Maybe I'm just getting used to them now, or that I don't, I don't <laughs> call them. I don't even nitpick on those things anymore. But yeah. then you, when you mention it, it's like, yeah. And again, when we get into the kind of the synopsis here, we'll talk about it because a couple of things are just like, no, that wouldn't happen. 
But <laughs> my my brain's going. Well, it's McFarlane. In McFarlane world, it does happen. So don't even think about it very much. Because yeah, one one thing with with <clears throat> the files and Wanda helping out, and another thing that that you mentioned uh, about Curse. Yeah, and I, I totally remember now that you say that that he did get a name in, in giant lettering from um, Tom Orzakowski. Uh He actually has something in common. And we'll talk about it. Something in common with a, a very popular character this week, a very popular DC character who, who's making plenty of headlines this week because his uh, apparently his TV show debuted on HBO Max. I'm, and I'm talking about the Peacemaker. So <laughs> yeah. uh, obvious, obviously, uh, Peacemaker came, you know, he, he was actually a quality comics uh, creation and DC bought quality comics. And that's how he ended up. He never was in Peacemaker was never, never in in the proper DCU until after Crisis. Um which brought those quality characters into the the, the main Earth when uh, after Christ on Infinite Earth when there was only one Earth. Um, that's when Peacemaker finally started showing up in, in kind of the main DC continuity. Uh, obviously, this was years after Crisis. So, yeah. um, but we'll we'll, talk, we'll get there. We'll talk about what what he has in common uh, with Peacemaker. So, fantastic cover to start off with. Um, a lot of negative space and Spawn with a. Uh, giant hole in his chest there. Not the first time we've seen Spawn with a giant hole, but one thing I like, I mean, it is a striking cover, but one thing I like, unlike covers of, of today, um, a lot of times the Spawn covers actually tie into what's actually happening in the comic, which is a little more rare these days. So uh, anyway, the, the story starts off, we're in Massachusetts, uh, we see a, a, a robed and hooded figure. He's kneeling before an altar. It looks like a statue of, of Jesus there. There's candles burning. He's praying. He's talking about testing his faith and, and accepting this test that he feels that uh, that God apparently or Jesus has put before him based on the context. We see there's a bulletin board on the wall that has a bunch of articles pinned up that talk about rumors of spawn and spawn on a rampage, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we see him on the next page packing up what looks to be some very uh, advanced technological weapons. Um, he, the, this figure mentions having to use technology from the secular world or the non-religious world, which confuses him. Like, you know, if he's praying, clearly this is a man of faith. He's got a rosary hanging from his rearview mirror when he's driving in his car as he's praying the whole time. So a very devout, pious man. Um, but if he's got this much belief... He's sort of think probably thinking, or the impression I got is, why does why doesn't God, why doesn't his God that he's praying to grant him powers, right? And like normally you think, well, you're crazy, but actually in this world of Spawn, there is agents of heaven that will grant, but grant abilities and powers. Maybe this guy's just not not all there. But another thing that you'll notice uh, as he's packing up and as he's driving his car. You only see his left hand. That'll be important in a little while. Uh, as he lands in New York, apparently from a private plane, we do find out his name is Mr. Cron. Um, and he does mention, you know, why have I been cursed? So, again, as he goes through, he's walking the streets, probably trying to find those alleys where Spawn is. You'll once again notice you only ever see his left hand as he pays the cab driver, as he's walking down the streets. Uh, he's got bums, uh, winos, whatever you want to call them that are asking him for, for money, begging him for money. He's got, he's being solicited by prostitutes and constantly praying the whole time. Forgive them father. They know not what they do, which is actually a, uh, a quote from, uh, from Jesus in the Bible. Um, 
so meanwhile, and this is a little bit of a jump ahead here, uh, we have Spawn who's kneeling down next to the body of his friend Bobby. This Bobby being the same one that sewed Spawn's face up with the shoelace. Um, <laughs> and Spawn mentions another man died because I, I did nothing. And he's referen- when he means another man, it's because we know last issue that when he refused to help the guy who had his daughter taken away by the courts, uh, that that guy committed suicide. Now we find out that Bobby has died, but we're like, wait, what, what, what happened? We didn't see this last time we saw Bobby, he was fine. Uh, and Spawn references Chapel. Chapel couldn't have cared less. The idiot blew his own head off. So apparently Chapel even committed suicide. Uh, but apparently it happened in Youngblood issues eight and 10. Um, and Spawn's pissed off because he didn't get a chance to kill Chapel himself. So again, weird how these things all line up with uh, you know Youngblood's only on issues eight. And then apparently, I don't know, fill an issue with nine. <laughs> so eight and 10 are, are the issues that you want to um, refer to if you want to see what happened between Chapel and Spawn must have appeared there as well, obviously Bobby, uh, whereas Spawn's all the way up at, at 27. But I mean, th- this to me, I mean, this was one of the guys that Spawn was you know, really close to. He's yeah. friends with all of them and feels um, a sense of protectiveness over all of them. But I mean, not all of them have names, yeah. but Bobby did. And based on the fact that, you know, Bobby helped them out, they had some conversations that were a little more in depth. He was closer to Bobby. I mean, this has to bother, uh, this has to bother Al Simmons quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. What bothers me as a reader more though, than Bobby dying. I, I is the fact that I'm actually a little annoyed. I'm very annoyed actually that Chapel is killed in another comic book. Chapel killed Al Simmons. And, and it's, I can, you know, I can appreciate for back in, back in the early nineties, you know, they, maybe they want to pump up. I mean, Youngblood was a popular series. I, it, it sort of frustrates me that Chapel dies, kills himself in the pages of Youngblood. Uh, I realize that crossovers were common, but it, I, I think Chapel is a significant enough character in the origin of Spawn that, you know, him killing himself is, would be, uh, I don't know why Chapel killed him. Chapel killed himself. Was it out of a sense of guilt or or some kind of rede- a, a redemption? I have no idea. But it it would be precisely that type of action or behavior of a character that would be perfectly in keeping with this spawn narrative, this this origin. So I would have, you know, I'm I'm frustrated, and I'm frankly, I want to I want to actually pick up. <laughs> I actually want to read young blood issues eight and 10 just to, to just to get a handle on on chapel and and i and i i'm hoping that chapel will return at some point he probably will but it just feels like a huge disappointment to me because i mean spawn went to all that trouble to scar his face uh by giving him a, a real skull and and on on chapel's face and it just seems like almost like a, a waste of of a character especially since mcfarlane's gone out of his way to have Spawn not kill other villains in this comic, but then Chapel dies in another comic. It's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I and mean, kills himself. Spawn doesn't kill him, but I, but I agree. But I, I'm frust- I was frustrated by this too. I'm like, wait, I, I wanted that. That should have happened here so I could see it. But but I get it, right? Like I understand what they were going for, and they were trying to create when Image first started. They were trying to con- create a connected universe. I honestly, I can't hold McFarlane you know, responsible for this. The fact, like I said, that it's Youngblood 8 and 10 when Spawn's all the way up at 27. I'm sure McFarland would have loved to have had Youngblood coming out on a monthly basis and be able to tie into it and and help build something. I mean, 
for God's sakes, he's trying to build a Spawn universe now. This mm-hmm. this this could have been a connected shared superhero universe thirty years ago if the other guys could have pulled their weight and put out their books on time. Um, so I, 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 I'm frustrated by it as a, as a fan and as a reader, but at the same time, I don't, my frustration isn't with McFarlane. Um, cause I get what they're, what they're trying to, trying to do. But I also think that, I mean, <laughs> Rocky, you and I know that we get constant recaps and yeah. flashbacks and exposition <laughs> yeah. constantly in this comic. So if it's yeah. this important, you couldn't give us two or three panels exactly summing it up <laughs> no it just you turn the page and bobby's dead yeah. like yeah, really just, yeah just draw yeah, us a picture so. of it but they just put it in the in the exposition i mean yeah two great artists yeah. capullo and mcfarlane and they can't even render a, a, an artistic uh image or, or an image of, of of that of the scene of chapel blowing his head off i mean that would be gory graphic that would be perfect for a spawn comic <laughs> yeah so anyways anyway uh as we turn the page, the guys are like, well, can't, can't you do something about it? And, and Spawn's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a God. Um, I, I have power and they're like, but you're magic, you know, you can't, can't you do something? And, and Spawn again, he's like, you know what, this is how much he, he means to him, you know? Um, as much as he doesn't want to give these guys false hope, he talks about his power, giving everybody a, a false message. Um, he tries it anyway. He says, I want to see if Bobby can do something for me. And they're like, like what? And he says, live. And it's a fantastic splash page with a couple of insets, uh, where he's, uh, I don't want to say he looks like, um, I I was going to say, I don't want to say he looks Christ-like or anything like that. What he looks like, honestly, is, is Dr. Frankenstein, you know, rise, live, yeah. you know, with his arms out, yeah. uh, outstretched and all it's alive. Life. It's alive. Yeah, it's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's again, a fantastic, uh, image that it works, right. Despite the fact that apparently Bobby had been shot in the head, he's like, yeah, what a trip. Uh, and he's alive again. So, uh, very responds very weakened. We, we get a, a counter, uh, used up quite a bit of his, uh, power there. We're told that he's shake his body shuddering. He's in pain, but, uh, beneath his mask, he smiles because even though he lost valuable energy, he gained back some respect. Because um, you know sometimes things don't go. He doesn't always get along with these guys. You know they they do sort of ask for a lot from him. And let's be honest, Al Simmons and his Spawn persona is pretty pretty moody. <laughs> you know you, yeah. you can catch him at a at, at the wrong time. And he mm-hmm. he kind of goes all emo on you and he's still riding a guilt trip for the death of uh that mr bartnett last issue the, yep. uh, the the guy that lost custody of his daughter and spawn wouldn't help him and and he ended up committing suicide so you know he's at a low point and having lost his friend bobby I, I you can understand he's just maybe at a low point saying ah screw it let's let's uh, use this power that houdini trained uh houdini the magician trained me to use masterfully in a couple issues three or four issues ago and and yeah, it was good. I, I actually was curious. I, I I never had time to look at the previous, what the counter was previous, but the counter's at 7012, whatever it was before. I think it was at like 78 something. So I figured it's, it's about eight. He loses about 800 points every yeah, time he respects somebody. A, <laughs> I think it might have been a six. Oh, was it? Okay. But, so yeah, fi- but, 500. But, 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 but either way, I mean, I didn't look either, but but that I seem to remember it was like 7612. But, but either way, I mean, yeah. he uses up over... Uh, you know, like if you think of it as a thousand, 
you know, which yep. is kind of the way I read it, 7,012. I mean, that, that's a significant, whether it's six, whether it's eight, that, that's a significant chunk. Um, like more than he uses when he teleports or any of that kind of stuff. So he really used up quite a, quite a chunk to, to bring Bobby back, but you know, I mean, human life is sacred and, uh, probably yeah. worth it. So anyway, uh, next we, we move on to the home of Wanda Blake. She's got her, uh, kid there crying who apparently she's tired and needs to go down for a nap, but she's, she's talking to Terry on the phone. Terry's talking about trying to figure out exactly what's going on. He's, he's, investigating who was after him and everybody's letting him do it, which is, you know, is strange enough. And they, they reference it later on, but he's like, yeah, it looks like Jason Wynn is involved somehow. Anyway, I'm bringing these files home, 57 of them. And again, like he works for, you know, it's above the FBI. It's above the CIA. It's, you know, USSG, United <laughs> States security group, second only to the, the cabinet ministers yeah. and the, uh, the president and the president, <laughs> You know, this is like a top secret organization, but he could just bring files home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So anyway, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do a little more work with these files and then I'll, I'll see if I well, can't catch the boys with their backs well, turned. It's one step further uh, because even though this was, this was in 1990, probably 93, 94 when this yep. issue came out, they still had computers uh, back then, or at least disks. I mean, I can't imagine all this would actually be in files. I mean, even back yeah. then, I would have thought, you know, you're not bringing 57 files home. And yeah. it's just, you know, again, it just seemed a little bit kind of funny, but whatever. So we turn the page and again, like we're dropped right in the middle of the fight, right? Like we just see this energy blast blasting, popping out, going right through spawn, whatever you want to say, uh, with a voice saying, there he is, sire. Um, and this is when we see curse for the first time who uh, looks like he has a giant cannon on one hand, uh, has some other sort of homeless looking guys behind him saying, you know, this guy was a scab. He thought he owned the alleys instead of the others. And, and, you know, it's mentioned that spawns weakened state because he just used a ton of his power to, uh, heal Bobby, uh, that both spawn himself and his costume were ill prepared to protect themselves. So this guy, Curse is like, well, he, I guess he didn't have any faith because a true believer wouldn't fall so quickly, uh, especially not to mere human technology. And maybe I made a mistake. I thought this guy maybe had powers from, from the Lord, you know, from, from heaven, but obviously he's not from heaven because he doesn't have divine powers. He wouldn't have died. So, so quickly, he must be just an agent of Satan and he goes walking off. Um, so, the other guys, including Bobby, who just got resurrected, is like, man, would you look at the size of that hole and spawn? He does. He has a, a gaping hole. But again, you wonder, so what? He's made of uh, psychoplasm or necroplasm or whatever McFarland's calling it, this issue. Um, <laughs> and it's, not, it's his organs don't actually do anything, right? Just like when he got shot in the knee, his knee doesn't actually do, do anything, right? It's only the simulacrum of a, of a body. So anyway, the guys are like, well, his cape's moving. Is he dead? Is he not dead? Well, you know what? Let, let's let's move him out of the way. So at least he's not in the middle of the alley. And so they all grab his cape, all four of them. And they start pulling, uh, and they can't move him. He's just too heavy. And uh, we're told by McFarland that Spawn weighs nearly 500 pounds. So apparently 
Spawn's put on 100 pounds since the last time we were told of his weight. And I laughed out the, loud. I laughed out loud when I read that because I knew you yeah. and I would get a kick out of that because yep. there's two separate issues. Uh, McFarlane goes out of his way to say he weighs 400 pounds, which is insane. Yep. And now he's suddenly, apparently when he's dead and he has half his chest blown out, he weighs 500 pounds. <laughs> Come well, on. I, I figured he must have been like pounding down a lot of Twinkies lately or something. Because you know? he eating something that's putting on the poundage. Well, apparently um, resurrecting somebody back to life puts, you know, you gain weight from doing that, apparently. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe he hasn't dropped a deuce in a while. So yeah. it's building up. But we are told, you know, and we, and we did speculate that about the density. I guess it's back to psychoplasm because instead of necroplasm, because it does say right here, having a body made of psychoplasm with a density greater than cement will do that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, th there's confirmation there um, that, yeah, it's, it, it, the psychoplasm that he's made out of is, is very dense. So they're trying to figure out what they can do. Maybe they can get go get some more help uh, when they hear uh, some sirens. So we're like, oh, now what's going on? Meanwhile, Terry has come home. He's got the big giant stack of files next to him. And it's not, a, you know, it's not enough that he can bring these files home. It's not enough that the police and the mob and the FBI, FBI were after him. Also, the CIA, which, you know, again, we sound like a dead horse here, but yeah. FBI cannot operate inside the borders of the United States. But yeah. that doesn't matter either. Yeah. Um, you know, Wanda's talking about how she's going to help him. So it's not enough of a security breach to bring all this stuff home because, uh, you know, maybe he does have clearance, even though I can't imagine he's got clearance to take it out of the building. But maybe he does. Yeah. But there's no way she's got clearance. She doesn't work for the USSG, but apparently she's going to help him uh, find out who it was uh, that was after Terry. And meanwhile, Terry's uh, kind of McFarland's using Terry's language to once again give us some exposition to remind us of everything that happened, including the fact that somehow that costume guy Spawn knew his name, which is really spooky to Terry. So again, that. Uh, that question, open-ended question that, that Rocky and I have, who's going to find out first that Al Simmons and Spawn are one and the same? Will it be Terry? Will it be Wanda? Will they find out together? guess we'll have to wait and see. So, And, and the funny thing is, is that if Jason Wynn was really looking for a way to frame Fitz, Terry Fitzgerald with something, he could literally, you'd think he'd be able to frame him or he doesn't even have to frame him. Surely, as you said, Terry Fitzgerald has violated some protocol by taking these top secret files home with him to go over with his wife. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, around the kitchen table while they sip wine and reading about national security secrets. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. And, and she even says, she even acknowledges, I mean, this is McFarland's way of, of saying it's okay. Well, aren't you going to get in trouble for taking these files? Eh, not really. Something's got people acting weird. Yeah, who's going to know? Like, There's no security. <laughs> yeah. It's like, trying to forget what happened that I was on the agency's hit list. Eh, whatever. They're scared or, or somebody's got something on somebody, one of the big boys. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't have, it doesn't ring true at all. So meanwhile, back in the alley, the sirens, they heard there's this cop who needs to get through the alley. And he's like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Why is this body in the way? What's wrong with your buddy? And they're like, Oh, you just had a little too much to drink. Um, and the guy's like, well, get him out of the way. You know, I need to, I need to get my car through here. Well, we know they can't, move, can't move him. Right. He's too heavy. He weighs 500 pounds. But what they did was as soon as the cop showed up, they sent one of the guys off in the other direction and he screams real loud and apparently his name's jimmy and he can scream like a woman very easily uh and it gets the cop to leave the, the way that he came so um <laughs> they, then they they do manage to get some help they sort of move spawn out of the way 
Meanwhile, the guy who was in the armor earlier uh, has removed his helmet, curse, um, and he's doing some preaching. He's talking about, you know, hear me, brothers, the place you live has so much evil, and there's too many unbelievers in the streets. You need to protect us. Uh, you need protection from the sinners around you. You need faith, blind, unquestioning faith. Hear my tale. This guy, he, I mean, he looks pretty creepy. He's got a bulging eye, a big old scar. <laughs> so we're told, and this is where I'm talking about the similarities with Peacemaker. We're told that peace, it was all he desired when he was a boy. So <laughs> much like Peacemaker, all this guy wants is a little peace. Yeah. So I, I, it does beg the question, then why are you going around blasting holes in people? But yeah. we'll leave that alone for now, and we'll, we'll give the guy's origin. So he wanted peace <laughs> so bad. That he prayed for it and prayed for it, and and nothing ever happened. And so he realized that there was so much injustice, and the uh, the peace he dreamed of was so distant. He realized he he must give something up, like personal sacrifice to God, to so that God will answer his prayers. So he takes a sharp stick and he gouges out his left eye, <laughs> like, like you do, right? You oh, make sure. A sacrifice. Uh, I'll just blind myself. I'll just gouge out my eye. And uh, and Mark, leave a scar on my face uh, that's deep enough to to remain there forever. Yeah. And then he continued to pray, and his prayer still went unanswered. So he, he thought, well, I, I have to give more, and I is not enough. So without hesitation, he sacrificed his right arm, and, that, and that's the the image that we see, the silhouette. He used a axe to chop off his right arm, which is why in those early panels, all we ever see is his left arm. And the doctor said I wanted attention and that my actions defied logic. And, and the doctors were right. Why wasn't this guy, th the kid, you know, teenager, I'm assuming, somewhere in there. Why wasn't he locked up, you know? Yeah. Could you not lock him up in a straitjacket because he only had one arm? This guy's clearly nuts. But regardless of that, um, he said they, they missed this guy, Curse, saying they missed a point. The point was truth. I wanted to find truth. My the truth would be found through faith, not logic. Uh, this is all too, you know. If you live in in the world, and especially the United States in twenty twenty one, this fundamentalist garbage, it's all too familiar. Um, so yeah. he's like, you know what? They couldn't understand, so I decided to to flip the script and I lived the way they said I should. And I went to college and I started a business and I I got rich and I used my money to build myself a new stronger arm and I became even more resilient. And as he says this, he lifts up his arm. We see that. His right arm has been replaced by that giant cannon, the one that he used to, to blow a hole through Spawn. And now he awaits the blessings of God and God's truth. And I mean, this guy's just a zealot and a nut job. So as he's preaching there, uh, his his right arm, the, the cannon or whatever that blew a hole in Spawn is destroyed. And we see Spawn standing there. Apparently he did, found those weapons. I mean, it, it doesn't look like either one's the actual ion cannon, but... I don't know. He's got weapons from somewhere. Maybe he's got a stash from all those weapons he took from the warehouse way back when. Um, and he says, let me give you some advice. Make sure your enemy is completely dead before you walk away. Otherwise, you'll think you're, you're being chased by a, a ghost. So apparently Spawn not dead, although still has a hole in him. Big, giant, gaping hole. Um, and the guy's all upset because his uh, his arm was destroyed and so there's a bit of a battle, and it it's not really that much of a battle. It's more like in typical Spawn fashion, 
this guy's kind of beating up Spawn until I don't know, like a Spawn the Hulk. It seems like Spawn takes a beating to start every fight before he then turns the tables, gets mad, um, and in this situation, when the guy thinks that he's knocked Spawn out again, uh, he turns his back on Spawn, and then Spawn jumps up and kicks him in the back, saying, "Eat me, old man," and starts just relentlessly pounding on the guy so much so that spawn's friends are like back off we're not going to let you lay another hand on him unless you intend to go through us which is which is kind of interesting <laughs> like these guys are like are they trying to save al from himself from beating this guy to death or do they is the brutality that spawn has i mean it's it's not quite clear it felt kind of strange it would seem to me that these guys would just let spawn beat the crap out of this guy well i, I got um, the impression that he had friends that some of them like Curse because there there were other people in the alley that that didn't that you know because Curse has some other friends in the alley because at the beginning it yeah that's Curse. true so he, he did have I just people he was he was uh, preaching to that maybe were coming around to his side yeah and the thing is it, it should be noted that this Curse isn't going around killing people he's actually forgiving people he's sort of a, he's a preacher he's not really. You know, he wants to kill Spawn because Spawn, he views Spawn as a demon, but it's not like he's going around like murdering random people like some of the other fanatics. He's clearly re a religious fanatic, but he's not a he's not a murdering psychotic other than he just wants to kill Spawn. <laughs> I I, I got to give a quick shout out. I, my, one of my favorite lines when he says, my Spawn, when Spawn shoots his arm off, uh, Curse says, my arm, you've destroyed it. How dare you? And I can't help but note the irony that uh, apparently the only person that can cut off uh, Curse's arm is Curse himself. But if somebody else yeah. blows his arm off, he gets really upset about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spawn could be like, I'm just making sacrifices, man. Uh, so anyway, on the next page, here we see Wanda clearly breaking the law. She's going through all the files. She's talking it over with Terry. Terry's like... Yeah, you can see that somebody planted all this false information about me having to do with the theft of some hardware. And one is like, yeah, and, and there's some kind of mafia tie-in, and they're speculating on whether it's some kind of a illegal arms sale or, or what exactly is going on. So Terry takes a little break. He's putting Cyan to bed, and Wanda tells herself, you know, t Terry's gone through so much trying to piece this together. And, you know, trying, trying to hunt down the CIA or FBI or whatever, that's way out of my league. But this Spawn character, like he knows, he knows Terry, like he knew Terry's name. Maybe that's something that I can, I can figure out. Maybe I can focus on that. So it's a little foreshadowing goes hand in hand, what we were saying before mm -hmm. about who's going to find out Spawn's true identity first. So again, McFarland keeps throwing it and I love that he's doing it right. He keeps saying, Oh, look. Terry's thinking about who the true identity of Spawn could be. Now Wanda's thinking about it. We still don't know which one's going to find out first. So uh, on the last page here, we see Spawn. Decide, he decides he wants to get this cursed guy so bad. He doesn't care who's getting in his way. He's beyond caring about who's in his way is the way uh, McFarland puts it. His thirst for revenge has consumed him and no one will stop him. So uh, it ends with his hand around the throat of curse as uh, the homeless guys even some that are were friends and we're talking to spawn you know in the alley where bobby was killed uh that just at the beginning of the issue they're all trying to pull spawn off of this guy so yeah. uh says the end question mark clearly not the end i haven't read issue 28 but i'm assuming it's going to pick up right right where this one left off so yeah. yeah like i said at the beginning a little bit of a freak of the week i don't know how much this curse guy shows up again after this issue but um 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's fleshing out the character. Uh, like I said, Al Simmons does seem to be a pretty moody guy. His mood swings seem to be pretty epic. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't yeah, blame. I guess we're getting more concept, more context. Yeah, I don't blame uh, Spawn for getting pissed off here. Uh, uh, but I wonder yeah, the guy if blew a hole in him. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And but I also think maybe it serves part of the larger narrative because one of the things that uh, Melbrosia stated in a previous issue, uh, I think it was last or the second last issue, where he was telling the other Hellspawn about you know why why did they pick Al Simmons? It's because Mel- Melbrosia picked Al Simmons to be. Uh, the spawn, the hell spawn, because he's got a, apparently Al Simmons has a capacity for evil that is greater than a lot of people's. And perhaps maybe Al Simmons actions here in going through his own friends, I mean, plowing through his friends is maybe is giving some small hints at, at just how, how insane Al Simmons spawn can become. Maybe this is just a little bit of a hint of that. Uh, my other observation here is I'm wondering why the forces of heaven aren't recruiting curse. This curse character does. He's all. He's human. He's human. So why? And he's already fanatical. And he's human. He doesn't need to be manipulated. He doesn't need to be brainwashed. He's already brainwashed himself. He's already shown his commitment by taking his own eye, cutting off his own arm. And we know the forces of heaven can can probably you know have their own form of probably psychoplasm or whatever to to, just like they did with Jason Wynn. Why recruit Jason Wynn when you got guys like? curse that you this curse is whose real name is mr cron why not use him so it's kind of curious here that we not only have heaven and hell involved but we got just natural humans like mr cron i.e curse who's just as fanatical and is just as powerful and a potential threat to spawn and he just uses ordinary weapons um a couple of shout outs i want to give again that i just i love uh mcfarland Al Simmons is, he just likes the curse. I mean, at one point here, Al Simmons actually insults curse by calling, uh, I don't know who sent you, but whoever sent you curse is one sick puppy, <laughs> suggesting that God himself is a sick puppy. And, and that just send, sends curse into an out, <laughs> enrages curse. I just love the dialogue here. It's like, it's literally like two, it's like two uh, bullies in a, in high school getting into a fight. And of course, before the fight, you know, you got the loud the bad mouthing back and forth. And uh anyways, I, I, I love I love the art. I mean there's there's a solid uh there's a solid here of like four or five straight pages of just fantastic art. And again, it's great. It's both McFarlane and Capullo on the art. I'm not sure exactly, you know, I guess we'll credit them both. But just really great art. Great action scenes. The colors just pop off the page. This is this is this is good stuff. I, I really enjoyed this. And um I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious. I, I, I would like to see Curse again because I think Curse, Curse is not evil. He's fanatical, but I think Curse could be a potential ally to Spawn at some point because I think I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Curse is maybe may a wild card here, but you know, uh, at this point, it, like you said, McFarlane's propensity for sort creating these, these characters out of nowhere. And, you know, this one, at least we got a name for Curse. We never got a name for the one character before. Um, again, I, McFarlane has me intrigued. He, he he pulls me in. And kudos to McFarlane that he, he, I mean, clearly he had the discipline. We're at issue 27 here. And when you back in the day, I imagine back in the day, in that same period of time, Youngblood only has eight or nine issues out of that period of time. 
you can you can see the the commitment that McFarlane had that even if McFarlane never had the time to to contribute to his own creation, he at least had the the wisdom to get other writers and and artists involved to to make sure that Spawn came out with relatively few delays. And in any event, I I enjoyed this this uh, this. You know, uh, for this this particular issue, uh, it says the end. It end the final page has the end, and it has a question mark. And I um, I haven't read the next issue yet, so I'm actually kind of curious to see what the fate of Curse is going to be. <laughs> yeah, and kind of on that note of of late books. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Spawn came out every single month. There were months where it, it was late, uh, and then like we've talked about before, 19 and 20 got skipped. And we actually, I actually got a message on Twitter from Ed Moore who said, uh, originally issues in 19 and 20 were skipped. 19 was later published, published between 24 and 25 and issue 20 was published between 25 and 26. So they skipped 19 and 20. They published 21, 22, 23, oh. 24, and then published 19 and then went 25 and then went 20 and then went 26. So, not, not, you know, don't, no, we don't want to confuse anybody. Um, but yeah, just a, sort of a, a, you know, product of, of these, <laughs> these late books. But again, I mean, compared to a lot compared to, especially the Liefeld properties, but I mean, everybody's books, the, the, you know, Savage Dragon was late. Uh, uh, Wildcats was late. Shadowhawk, like they were all, they were all late. Yeah. <laughs> they, these guys really bit off more than they could chew. And and also, and I've defended them before in the past as well, because again, they were getting a lot of offers to go do this Hollywood stuff, you know, and I, I, I they were, they were young at the time, you know, and he, you take these meetings and you're, you're being, you know, wined and dined and money's being thrown at you, you know, these agreements that could be worth millions of dollars. You, you can understand how their focus could, could waver. So Anyway, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed issue 27. Um, I should also mention I, I, I got my other sponsor that I'm rocking. I, I think I like this one even better. It's real classic, even better than the other one. Uh, plus, it's the long sleeve jersey style. I really like this. So I can't wait to, to rock this at a con. Um, if, uh, know, I'm going to have you never... sign up one more time. I think I may have missed you. Just sign up one more time for the people on YouTube here. There we go. Nice. Looks looking so, good. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it from Amazon, everybody. If you want to rock your uh, Spawn Daily shirt while you listen to us, we encourage that. Uh, so yeah, if uh, I get to any shows this year, be have to wear this on one of the, one of the days, especially if it's a colder show. You know, like I said, it is long sleeve. So uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Uh, really appreciate you guys joining us. Don't forget, we have um, some interviews coming up pretty soon. Uh, I was supposed to have an interview with Jerry Conway. Um, but unfortunately, there was a scheduling mix-up, so that'll be coming out soon. We're going to be talking to Jeremy Adams. And speaking of Jeremy Adams, there was uh, some big news that dropped yesterday about a sequel to Flashpoint written by Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, and uh, Tim Sheridan. So, yeah, Looking forward to that. Yeah, we'll have to – you know, I've already reached out to DC about doing an, an interview with Jeff Johns, um, and I'm sure Jeremy won't be able to say much, but, you know, we're going to bring it up. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> Absolutely, you know, we are. Pick his brain. Yeah, we'll see see what if he can, you know, say anything at all about it. So that's coming up pretty soon uh, as well. So uh, – and what do you – what else do you have going on? Anything you want to mention? 
Uh, well, I got, uh, well, tomorrow night I'll be guesting, or tomorrow um, morning I'll be guesting on Chillmonger's uh, channel. Well, that'll be, that'll be today. When or, this or, or I guess today when this, yeah, right, on when Saturday. This, right. Yeah. I'll be on Chillmonger's channel. That's Chillmonger, C-H-I-L-L-M-O-N-G-E-R. And uh, he, we're going to be answering 33 burning DC questions. And so uh, that'll be at, I think, 11, 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time on saturday january 12th so that's the next thing i got coming up fantastic well yeah. uh we also have more spawn daily coming we haven't missed a day yet Certainly. knock on wood so uh look for for that as uh we continue to cover spawn and and as we've said before is i'm i'm highly entertained i'm i'm sucked in uh we we're doing this to help celebrate the 30th anniversary of spawn and to get caught up on on you know, up to the, the most recent spawn stuff that's coming out because Scorched, the, the last of the new spawn uh, number ones, which was actually supposed to come out last year, but because of paper delays and whatnot. Um, that, so that finally launched um, and it sold, King Spawn sold almost 500,000 copies. Gunslinger Spawn was like 385,000 copies. And I, yeah, Scorched sold over 270,000 copies. So McFarland's doing huge numbers on, on these books, but also keep in mind he's doing some really really rare variants like there's was one variant i think was limited to only 300 that my local comic shop got two copies and they're numbered yeah. and signed by mcfarlane and they're 750 bucks each and I, i'm yeah. so that that definitely helped pad the numbers but yeah be that as it may spawn continues to be a popular property mcfarlane yes. continues to be a very popular uh, creator. The other thing, and I should I should mention that I don't even know if you know this, Rocky, but there was another big Mc, uh, McFarlane thing that was released on Friday, the fourteenth, um, through Target. So that very famous Todd McFarlane cover from Batman Year Two, there is a action figure of that from Target that got released. Uh, I think it was at seven a.m. Pacific. So I don't know if you if you're curious to go check it out. I think it's like fifty bucks. Batman um, Year Two? You mean you mean his Batman cover? Yeah, his Batman cover. Yep. Oh, There's with the cape figure with the giant oh, okay. cape. Yeah. Ah, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. that was finally so that, released. Yeah, because I saw him make that. I saw his promotional video for that. Yep. Um, yeah. So they did, yeah, they did a they did a pre-sale a couple months ago that sold out in a matter of minutes, mm -hmm. and then today it's like officially released. Like you might be able to go to Target and find one. Um, or you can go online and, and <laughs> good <so>. luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I'm just, you know, the reason I bring it up is just to remind everybody, I mean, my friend's been doing this for a long time. <laughs> he's beloved, uh, you know, right or wrong, whether you think he's a great creator or not, obviously, you know, we see some flaws in his, his writing, but there's no denying the man has a following. So, Oh, he does. And he knows how to, uh, well, I love McFarlane, man. He's, he's passionate about comics uh, he's he loves the fans. He interacts with fans. He it's all about the fans. And look, you know, you can you know you, you can say, well, he's just catering to a speculate speculation market, and he's doing this, he's doing that, he's artificially inflating the numbers by doing one in two hundred and fifty variants, or or you know ratio variants of one in fifty, one in a hundred, one in wait, man, that's all part of the business, and it gets the fans in, in invested. And there's a lot of people who are collecting that, so he's catering not only to the fans of the character, but fans of the of the market itself. 
because speculators yeah. are collectors too, and he's 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 capturing all facets of the comic book industry. And so, hey, man, all the power to him because you know there's a lot of talk and debate about our comics dying or not. Well, I tell you what, uh, if they, whether they are or not, Todd McFarlane isn't, and neither is Spawn. <laughs> oh, sorry, you just your volume went out. Yeah. So I mentioned five hundred thousand. Uh, copies of of King Spawn, three hundred seventy thousand copies of Gunslinger Spawn, two hundred seventy thousand copies of of the Scorch, and you think, well, that's a lot, you know, it's inflated because of he did all these ratio variants or whatever. Keep in mind that that those numbers don't come close to what the first Spawn actually sold. And yeah, for the first 10, 15 years after Spawn came out, you could find it in a dollar bin, but yeah, can't find Spawn number Not ones anymore. in dollar bins anymore. <laughs> And what did it? What did we say it sold like one point seven? Yeah, one point seven million, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So even if we're talking about you know the 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 highest one, uh, King Spawn last year was only five hundred thousand. So yeah, it might not be worth a lot now, but in twenty five years, thirty years, yeah. So and, any anyway, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe by that time we'll be doing another Spawn Daily for the sixtieth uh, anniversary. Yeah, if we're still alive. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Comics keep you young. I plan on being alive. Well, that. it better keep years. me very young. <laughs> that's another 30 <laughs> years, my friend. <laughs> okay, well, that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, don't forget to head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Comic Boom YouTube channel. Just do a search for Comic Space Boom! Exclamation point. Ring the notification bell so you know when new content comes out. Subscribe so you don't miss anything like this video. Uh, conversely, if you check us out on YouTube, all the time, but you haven't been listening to any of the interviews or comic source audio content, just go to your favorite app or favorite podcast platform, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, whatever it is, do a search for the comic source and subscribe because uh, episodes come out every day and you don't want to miss anything. So uh, we really appreciate you guys joining us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.